2: of your life redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash star talk today
3: welcome to star talk your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide star talk begins right now this is star talk we're doing a cosmic queries edition and you know what that means I got Chuck Nice as my co host. That's right, sir. What's happening? All right. All right. It's going. So, this one, again, every now and then there's the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Oh, wow. We we pull out of the barrel all those that were solicited topically, but then a few fall through the cracks and others just come in randomly. And so, this is just some random, it's like a, a potpourri. Yeah, uh, I think in the past we might have called it a galactic gumbo. No, we, we just don't have a a, a a good term for it. Uh,
2: ah, how about that? We'll we'll call this one cosmic cauldron. Cosmic cauldron.
3: Ooh, yes. Okay, let's try yes. that.
2: We'll a, s- little uh, a little juxtaposition, uh, tongue in cheek, a little a witchcraft reference <laughs> with science,
3: <laughs> and the alliteration to boot. Yes, All right. So, what right. do you have? I assume you have a Patreon question up front. I,
2: as mm-hmm. always, we start with the Patreon patrons, because mm-hmm. they give us money. Uh, let's do so, this. Yeah, uh, this is Davis Hemsath from Patreon. He says, is there a hypothesis for the interaction of dark matter and a black hole? So, you know, I mean. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's just because dark matter is dark and black hole is black. Are black. Don't mean all the black and the dark got to vote together. <laughs> as far as we know they are completely separate and distinct as far as we know and that actually I'm not even saying very much there because we don't know what comprises dark matter and as I've said many times it'd be better termed dark gravity it's something giving us gravity and we don't know what it is black holes give us gravity but we know what a black hole is so there's no obvious connection between the two At all? Wow! Not only theoretically, but observationally as well. So I got nothing for you there.
2: Well, there doesn't look, doesn't seem to be anything there. There doesn't seem to be a there
3: there. You're not in the dark matter there, right?
2: Not in the dark matter there. Yeah. And and if you want to find out what's
3: in the black hole, you can go check it out and let me know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Uh, Julia Leishik. Uh huh. Uh huh. Julia Elishik from Patreon says this: I have an essay question for you guys. An essay question—that uh-huh. means it's
3: compare and contrast. Yeah, that's it's one of those. There you go. College okay. essay questions. College yeah.
2: essay questions. What, in your opinion, is the best all-time depiction of aliens in a movie or on
3: TV, and why? Ooh. Ooh. Love me that. Okay, so... That's it, so cool. I've I, I got the answer. 1958.
2: 1958. 19... Wait a minute. With all the CGI that we have available right now... That's the problem. You that's go the, back to 1958?
3: That's the... Here you go. Uh, the One of Steve McQueen's earliest films, if not his first film, The Blob. Oh, snap. The Blob. The Blob. Let me ask you... <gasps> Wait, that could be any. That's any movie. That's any movie. Chuck. It's not. <laughs> snot is coming to get us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Something blew its nose on the earth. <laughs> we're in trouble. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that's why they were freaking out. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> snot. Oh my god, it's snot. <laughs> so the blog,
3: one of these, you know, low budget. Uh, B movies, I think they were called back then. In any case, what was intriguing about it is uh, this thing didn't have a face, didn't have arms, legs, nose, mouth, shoulders, fingers, toes, head, didn't have any of the things you normally would be putting on an alien, primarily because you have an actor in the alien costume. And so why would a creature from another planet with no DNA in common with life on Earth, look more like us than we do compared to other life forms on Earth. Right here on Earth. Right here on Earth. So my argument is, uh, what are two really different life forms? Humans and jellyfish and oak trees. Let's take those three, okay? That's quite the gamut. That is. Uh, Whatever the alien is, it should look more different from the three of us than we do from one another, because it's coming okay. from a completely other kind of thing. So that's why the blob for me, which had no spinal column, <laughs> yeah, had no, it has no, it has no nothing. It's got no nothing. It's, it's a blob. It, it's a blob. It's a blob. <laughs> and another uh, little known fact. I mean, it's known if you paid attention. The blob was, like you said, was s- like snot. It was a, it was transparent, a, 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 um, colorless when it arrived on Earth. After it consumed its first victim. For the rest of the movie, it was red. Ew. That is (laughs) nasty. It became the color of the blood. Right. That's uh, wild. So there, it. Happened just one scene, and then you don't think about it. I think the blob is just this red thing. That's uh. so. Yeah. The now,
2: bl- now, I don't. because re- I'm. So you, you couldn't
3: I'm- you couldn't defend against the blob because it would come in under the door. It and would do it. It would come in through anything. Through the grates of the yeah. thing, it came into a yeah. movie theater, terrorized people because that's how it got in. And should have called should have called it the ooze. The- <laughs> that should have been the name of it. The ooze. For me, that's the most. Um, That representation of an alien has the highest sort of integrity with regard to it not looking like anything here on Earth. Now, that being said, there are two movies, maybe three. So start with 2001 A Space Odyssey. That had aliens in them. You just never saw them. You saw the manifestation of their intelligence. Okay. So Arthur C. Clarke and uh, Carl Sagan was one of the advisors on that film. They said, just don't show aliens at all. You can't imagine it. But you can put their handiwork. And so that's one that did it. Not only that, in Carl Sagan's novel, Contact, which then became a movie in the late 1990s, because uh, uh, 2001 a Space Odyssey was 1968. So, so Contact, that also had aliens that you never saw. Well, that's because, hi, I'm going to take the form of your father. Oh, Yes.
2: Or,
1: <laughs> that yeah, that like I've,
2: I've taken this pleasing form to you, yeah. so because
3: there's no way you could exactly. actually comprehend what we really look like. Right, right. exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so these are, uh, I think this shows honesty in our ignorance by not even attempting to show them at all. Okay. And meanwhile, a, a very important movie, but for me showed very little imagination, was Predator. Okay? Okay. A predator is this alien drops on Earth and goes human hunting, right? It's like it's, it's, yeah. it's what he does. And it's got Arnold in it, and it's got some other muscle men of the 80s in it. Right. And they fight this one alien. Well, how tall is the alien? He's about, you know, six feet five. Or, he's, it's not three inches tall. <laughs> it's no. not 60 stories tall. It's approximately human-sized. It's right. got feet, except they're a little bigger. It's got a head. It's got a mouth. It's got arms. It carries weapons. It's got a belt. It's got stuff. And this is an alien? Come on now. So it really shows an absence of imagination in Hollywood anytime they go down that road.
2: Okay. Well, now, what do you think of Alien? So that's...
3: Okay, the Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney film. Weaver.
2: So the actual alien itself, who happens to be my favorite alien because... Uh, I mean, it's... You know, because he's he's got a mouth and a mouth. Okay, right.
3: So if if a mouth with teeth is scary, then you give him two mouths with teeth.
2: Exactly, (laughs) it's got to be twice as scary. So it opens a mouth, but But, then there's
3: another mouth, and then another mouth. Right.
2: No, also too the fact that um it it bled acid to me was that's just
3: the coolest thing ever. Okay, but it still like had a mouth with teeth. Do you realize most life forms on Earth doesn't have teeth? Don't have teeth. (laughs) Right. In fact, I think the, the teeth, I yeah. think, are only invertebrates. Let me think yeah. about that. You, 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 you got to eat something. You got to it, chew. chew. It's not only, well, worms eat things, but they, they don't have
2: teeth. Uh, well, they absorb. <laughs> they have, no, they have a mouth, but yeah. Okay, a so, lot of things, uh, whales that don't have teeth, that have baleen instead of teeth. Right, right. You know? It filters
3: through. Right, right. So right. I'm just saying, this concept that you're going to make an alien and it has teeth. Because teeth are scary. I don't have a problem with that. Just don't try to convince me that this is something from another planet. Can you
2: imagine if the alien tried to gum you to
3: death? (laughs) Come Um, on. That's funny. If a a lion came running after you and it roared and had no teeth in its mouth. Right, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. how you doing? Right, (laughs) it's wearing slippers and a
2: robe. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. <laughs> so all right well I you know what I got to say you make a very cogent argument for the blob that I never considered mm-hmm. and uh, you know I uh, I'm going to say here's how you've changed my perspe- my my perspective on this I always thought that the blob was a lack of imagination
3: Really, oh, yes,
2: I always thought of it as, oh okay, so you guys just you couldn't think of a good monster, so you just made it into a blob but but the way you explain it, and I'm wondering if they actually were as thoughtful as you. Because if so, then it's brilliant. <laughs> okay. I'm sure if, they'll if, take it. They'll if, take it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, if not, if they're lucky that you came along.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was preordained because, in fact, that was my birth year. So we had— we, Oh, okay. Uh, we, the movie and I are the same age.
2: Okay, right mm-hmm. on. Okay, cool. All right. All right, here we go. Let's go to Ryan Espinosa from Facebook and— uh, Ryan, a little all over the place, but I'm going to give it to you right now. Uh, he says, if the universe is technically finite, how about the multiverse? And the reason why I say a little all over the place is, first of all, is there a multiverse? Because he has made that a fact, which is not necessarily an evidence. So what are your thoughts, first of all, on a multiverse? Now, secondly, after your thoughts on the multiverse... If this universe is indeed finite, would that multiverse also be finite? That's the question. Yes, my answer. Yes, I, 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 I altered his question. You summarize.
3: The, the question. Okay. I summarized. So the answer is, we got to take a break. <laughs> Come <laughs> back in the next segment. We'll we'll get the latest on the multiverse on Star Talk Cosmic Queries, uh, right. Cosmic. Cauldron Edition. Cauldron. Cosmic Cauldron Edition. We'll be okay. Right
2: Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H and R block and have an expert do your taxes for you.
3: We're back. Star talk cosmic queries. Nice.
2: Yes, sir. Fully locked and loaded. All Fully right. Locked and loaded. We last so. left
3: off on the multiverse, <laughs> and who's who's the yeah. questioner again?
2: And the question was Ryan, the questioner was Ryan Espinoza. Okay, and he wanted to know if the multiverse was
3: finite. But mm-hmm. first of all, we would have to establish: is there a multiverse? <clears throat> okay. So first of all, before we get to the multiverse, uh, we don't know if the universe is infinite or finite. We just don't know. Gotcha. I, and I don't know if we can know for sure any more than a ship at sea looks mm. in every direction and it sees the horizon and it doesn't see land in any direction. It's in the middle of its own horizon. Right. It cannot know how big the actual ocean is if it only has access to the water within its own horizon. What it would have to do is is keep moving Okay? It'd have to, like, travel. And we keep moving and take its horizon with it. And that horizon moves across the water surface. And then eventually they might see land. At that point, they have found the edge of the ocean. The ocean ends. Because more ocean doesn't keep coming in. So if we wanted to explore, if the universe had some edge, then we... We're not going to learn it just sitting here in the middle of our own horizon. We'd have to start moving to other places within the universe, and you want to do that fast. Otherwise, it expands faster than you can get there, and you'll just never know ever. Okay, if the universe is expanding faster than you're traveling, if the ocean is growing right. faster than the ship is sailing, well, yeah, now you're on a now you're on an oceanic treadmill. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. That's a perfect analogy there. So we we simply don't know. So anytime any of my, I or my colleagues, reference the size of the universe or the um, the dimensions. It's basically the, the observable universe. The universe that's within our horizon. We can give you the size of that and how long we've been at that. Beyond that, we don't know. Now, the multiverse, it turns out the multiverse is on good theoretical grounds. So, we didn't just pull that one out of some orifice, right? It's It's quantum physics mixed with general relativity, two highly successful uh, understandings of the universe. When you shotgun marry them in the early universe, because quantum physics is the physics of the small, and general relativity is the physics of the large. But the early universe, the large was small. So if the large was small, then perhaps the quantum influence the entire universe. So in a, when you have particles popping in and out of existence or doing weird things, maybe that particle is an entire universe unto itself, if the universe is the size of a particle. So you can take that kind of reasoning that comes from that direction, and on, in doing so, you can conclude that maybe we are not alone, that our universe is not alone in a multiverse, possibly an infinite number of universes to reckon So, uh, by the way, depending on what level multiverse we're talking about, the universe can just have different configurations of atoms and energy or even the same configuration. Now, Chuck, you have a goatee in this universe. That means you're the evil Chuck. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) There's another universe where there's a clean-shaven Chuck. That's the good Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he's faking it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one class of multiverse but there are other classes of multiverse um i've first seen explicated by a friend and colleague max tegmark up at mit he's written extensively on this there are other levels of multiverse another one where okay your um the matter and energy uh, not only that can be different but the initial conditions are different so maybe your universe won't expand forever maybe it'll recollapse then there's another level where the laws of physics are different Right? This, this is how deep into the rabbit hole you drop before you hatch out another universe. What, what control do you have over the laws of physics? In the traditional multiverse that people think about, we are in the same space-time, just different pockets that cannot interact with each other, as is different ships at sea would be. They're on the same ocean, but they don't interact with each other because their horizons are, are, are separate and distinct. So that's the traditional multiverse that people think about and talk about and has been represented in science fiction. So just because we might be finite or, or open or flat doesn't mean others have to be, because their matter and energy could be distributed differently. So there you have it. There you go. Yeah.
2: Wow. That's uh, that's fascinating stuff. That and, is
3: by, by the way, people say, "Well, if there's an infinite number of universes, then there's you in another universe. Therefore, you can, in principle, live forever." But no, that other well, that, that, that other, other me doesn't know. It, it's, just, it, it's not me. It ain't me. Right? That's not me. Right.
2: Just as just as much as you care about him, he cares about you. <laughs> <laughs> See,
3: that's the problem. And I've said we've done this experiment before with with copies of each other, and it's called twins. Twins are identical copies and they go. walk among us. Right? But it came from the same single cell. Same I single mean the cell. Same cell. If you pinch one twin, the other twin doesn't say ouch. Right. So they're not the same person, even if they're molecularly identical. So that's why I'm, I'm not thinking that this other person in another universe is going to grant me eternal life. I don't see that. I don't think it. And I don't, I don't think it's good evidence or reasoning to argue that way.
2: Wow. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's thanks, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the question, man. Um, here's Michael Scarn from Facebook, and uh, Michael says, "The faster you travel, the slower time is for you. How much younger do career pilots stay, being if they fly and travel uh, fast faster than common people? So if you're constantly spending time fa- at." at Let's call it supersonic mm-hmm, speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any negligible time? Dis- I mean,
3: time. Um, oh, you, you can always difference. Ca- you can always calculate how much younger they are relative to their twin on Earth. You can always do that. By the way, we've done this experiment. There is a twin astronaut who went into orbit and stayed there for a year or so, and left the other one on Earth. And we studied. We, I mean, the NASA medical. Um, right. professionals studied a- any differences in their DNA, exposure to space, radiation. Um, and there is this factor because there's going, in orbit, you're going much, much faster than a fighter pilot would ever go. Right, yeah. Um, you're going, in In fact, in orbit, you're going, if you were to travel that through the air, it'd be like Mach 30 or 40. Um, wow. And, and fighter pilots are going Mach 2, at most Mach 3, right? So if you're really, you know, Really booking it, so you can calculate. You just plug that into an equation, and when you do that, and I did this for it's it's the um, the twin brothers that went into space. By the way, this is not a special calculation. Anybody with rudimentary knowledge of Einstein's special theory of relativity can calculate this. Okay, right. What I mean by rudimentary is it's like the first equations you learn. In Relativity One Hundred One, whenever you might.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: Okay. Too bad I didn't. Too bad I didn't take that in (laughs) in school. (laughs) Relatively One (laughs) Hundred One. So, and I I don't remember. I might have come up with like a hundredth of a second or something uh, for being at those high speeds for a year relative to his twin. So we don't measure deaths with that time precision. So for me to say he will live a hundredth second longer than his twin on Earth. Uh, that's not a meaningful time difference. So he'd have to be traveling much, much faster than just mock dozens. He'd have to be traveling a major fraction of the speed of light and do that for a sustained sustained period of time. Then you come back days, years, decades younger than your twin would have aged. That'd be cool. See, Yeah, so fighter pilots, forget about it.
2: Right. Forget about it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Forget it. Okay. So, (laughs) all right. Well, there you go, uh, Michael. It's a hundredth of a second. So enjoy that time. I forgot
3: the exact. It's a fraction. Enjoy that
2: time. It's a fraction. Enjoy that time. (laughs) All right. This is. Let's keep it simple here, because I like this question. Some since we since we're getting into the questions that we don't normally ever get right, to, right, right? I might as mm-hmm. well get to the, those really like weird questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Ralph Succi, and Ralph from Facebook says, "If you were to get a space theme tattoo,
3: what would it be?" Ooh, ooh! Now I don't have any tattoos. Okay. So I'm just, you know, I'm the generation where the only two kinds of people ever got tattoos, and it was bikers and sailors, right? And that's okay, why Popeye, right. Popeye had a sailor, had a, had a tattoo. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Is there any voice you can't do? <laughs> so Popeye had, a, like, a, I think it was an anchor uh, tattoo. Yeah, on his, oh, his forearm, right. right? His bloated forearms. So. I thought he had some kind of arm disease or something when I was young. Uh, yeah, or, or, probably elephantitis. You know, I know yeah, something, yeah. right, right? <laughs> so, um, so I'm just not a tattoo guy, primarily because there's nothing I have that much confidence in that I really? want to look at eternally until I die. I, I want to be, always be able to have a thought that's different from a thought I had before. And therefore, you don't lock in a previous thought. You continue to put in new tap roots. Now, I said this to someone who had a lot of tattoos. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the, my body is just the record of those thoughts.
2: Right, well, they, said, that's, okay. that's, that's, that's one way to, to, to look at it. And I said,
3: I could write down the record. That's another way <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> I have paper for that. <laughs> uh, so if I were to get one, maybe it would be one of these sort of a bullet-shaped uh, rockets from the 1950s, you know, with the fins.
2: Oh yeah, how
3: that you know just kind of it's it's classically imagined, I should right. say. Even though that's not how yeah. they ended. The up. The comic was, like, book version com- of a rocket. Comic book version of a rocket, but from the day, no one would draw that today. And just because it was, it's, it's it comes from a time when we had very high hopes and expectations. Yeah. That our energy and investments would continue into um, space and be sustained in ways that we have not lived up. So Mm -hmm. that would be a, uh, that's how I think about it.
2: All right. Actually, kind of a cool tattoo. All right, I'll give you that. I thought you were going to be like, you know, Saturn or something like that.
3: Oh, no. No, I can look at pictures of Saturn, which will look better than any tattoo that would ever land on my my skin. This is true. This is true. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm.
2: All right, let's go to... Okay, uh, keeping with this same theme, mm-hmm. the, the stuff we never ask, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, this is migu31 on in Instagram. If you can time travel, uh, what's the one place uh,
3: you'll go and the one person you'll see? <laughs> so I assume they mean backwards time travel. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so there's, a, there's an old joke about that, right? Oh, yeah. So, so consider the two facts. Uh, if backward time travel were possible... Hmm. Wouldn't we have met such a person by now? If wait, if backward time travel were possible, wouldn't we
2: have met such a person by now? What person? A backwards time traveler. Oh yeah, yeah. They should have come here to us. <laughs> oh, they should have shown up. But but wait, wait I, the, I, I, what, what? But you know the the, the whole um, the prime directive of time travel <laughs> Go on. is that Go on, you're Captain not Kirk. allowed. <laughs> yeah, is that you're not allowed to. Upset the timeline in any way, and you're not allowed to tell anybody you're time
3: traveling. Oh, that's how they hide among us. Right, yeah. Oh, forgot about that. Well, okay. So, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, was it during the science march on Washington, shortly after uh, um, Trump was elected president? Uh, there was a science march just in praise of science, and one of the placards said, uh, they started a chant. What do we want? A time machine. When do we want it? It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. No, it's, 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 that's a, I like that. Isn't that good? That's good. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> whenever you get it, we'll move back right. to whenever we want. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so uh, if I could move back in time, I, I would go back and have a conversation with Isaac Newton.
2: Mm. Okay, so now that we know that... Uh, and, that that's, well, and he
3: lived, you know, I have to go back to uh, 16, no, the late 1600s. Uh, the year 1700 would work. He had already discovered his laws of optics, gravity, and calculus, and um, uh, laws of optics are still getting assembled. He discovered them, but he hadn't published it yet, and... Uh, I bring some of our problems to him, but see, no, you now,
2: now, let, now, okay. So this is fascinating to me right now. What, all right, what? I don't know how much time we got, but I got to jump into this what? for a second. What? So here you are, you're back, seventeen hundred, talking to uh, 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 Isaac Newton. Mm-hmm. Now, you know everything that he's already. Yes, talking. isn't that
3: interesting? Yes,
2: but he doesn't. Yes, you also know things that he would find.
3: Wondrous. Yes.
2: How do you have a conversation? What do you talk about? When
3: we come because back,
2: you, you <laughs> might end up screwing everything
3: up. <laughs> when we come back, details of my conversation with Isaac Newton that I may or may not have already had. <laughs> <far back. laughs>
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
0: When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now?
2: Hey, we'd like to give a Patreon shout out to the following Patreon patron, Sa'awan Patel. Thank you so much for your support, because without you, we couldn't do it. And if you would like your very own Patreon shout out, please go to patreon.com slash StarTalkRadio and support us.
3: We're back. Star Talk Cosmic Queries. Of course, Chuck is sitting right there. Yes, sir. Uh, and you're here because you named this one. this because this is a potpourri, but you're not. You're not happy with potpourri. No, we went right. with the cosmic cauldron. Cosmic cauldron. Yeah. Cosmic crucible, but that's not right. I like the crucible. That's no, you even... burn stuff in a crucible. Yeah. That's very
2: alchemic. It is. It's, yes, exactly. We have the alchemy, the cosmic alchemy. We're putting this stuff in the crucible and burning away the the bad and
3: leaving only what we need. So we we left off uh, with the question about who would I meet or what what would I witness if I could go back in time? And right. Definitely, I'm going to meet Isaac Newton. Okay. Year 1700 is as good as any uh, in his late in his middle years and. But you posed an interesting point. Right. Like there's stuff that I know, because I'm trained in physics that he's already discovered. That's but right. But then there's stuff I know that that he has, has he hasn't figured out yet.
2: Right. And he and he will figure it out. Okay, so So now dis- are
3: this is everything. you could screw it all up. just disturb the space-time continuum.
2: Yes, it reminds me of my fa- one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons, which has been on TV for the so Simpsons, long. Okay. It, it really does. <laughs> Homer Simpson uh, somehow turns a toaster into a time machine. Oh, and every time he goes back in time and comes back, there's something different because he keeps disturbing the continuum. Oh, and, he disrupts what the flow of time, right? Correct. Okay. Wow. So, and one time, all he did was step on a bug, and then he comes back, and everybody's a lizard person. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find that episode. It's very funny. <laughs> and then he comes back, and um, Everything looks uh, the same except it's super boring or something like that. And he's like, oh, I got to get out of here. And it he goes. And right after he leaves, it starts raining donuts. <laughs> <Okay>.
3: <laughs> so, so that toaster is actually access to the multiverse. That's yes, exactly. Really That's what it is, yeah. So here's, here's an interesting uh, issue. Uh-huh. It's a time travel issue. And it has to do with what are called gin particles in this particular example it would be a gin concept so a gin particle it's j i n is the is how you it is something that was never created nor destroyed it just exists nice okay so let's in the more classic movie classic example let's go to back to the future okay in back to the future marty at the school prom gets a hold of the guitar and then he starts imitating Chuck, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Okay. But Marion Berry is the band leader, Chuck Berry's brother. Marion Berry hears this tune and say, Chuck, here's the tune you've always been trying to figure out what would work. And he puts the phone up to the thing and, and he it's hears Johnny Marty. B. Good. It's John. Okay. And so now, if we follow that through, what we are led to believe is that Chuck Berry got his most brilliant song from a whiteboard. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, no. From Michael J. Fox. (laughs) No, but what happens is, so if he does actually get it from Michael J. Fox, and he then influences Michael J. Fox in the future, then the song only exists in this loop. It was never written by anybody, right? Do, do
2: you see what I'm saying? No, yeah. It, That's the only way it could exist it, is that it was never
3: written by anybody. It was never written because uh, Marty plays it because he heard it sung by Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry hears it for the first time through his brothers putting the phone out on the thing, and then Chuck Berry includes it in his in his performance, as well as the 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 the, the duck walk, the, the duck walk, right? <laughs> yeah. So. So in the case with Isaac Newton, it would be interesting if Newton is on some calculation and he's struggling. I say, hey, have you thought about, (laughs) have you considered? Right. Hey, Isaac,
2: Isaac, (laughs) just carry the two. (laughs) Carry the two. Just carry the
3: two, Isaac. You forgot to carry the two. (laughs) You forgot to carry the two. And so there I am helping Isaac. And then, of course, he's remembered for doing it. But I only know it because I read that he had done it. Right. And so, again, that would be something that's closed in a time in a in a time loop, basically, that never had a beginning or an end. So it's just an interesting little fact about that. I love that. I love that the gin particle. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that case, it's a gin, a gin, it's a gin concept. So, for example, in the movie, the lesser seen movie, but it's a slow romantic. Uh, uh, not a rom-com, but what do you call them? It was just a romantic movie. A romantic movie, okay. Guess it was a romantic movie. It was called Somewhere in Time. A love story, Somewhere in Time. Yeah, it's a love story. It was a love story. And I think I told this at some other occasion. Yeah, you told but, me, I know. I, I think where an old woman comes up to the main character, who happens to be uh, Christopher Reeve, who played Superman. Oh, no, um, we, didn't, we never talked about we this. Never we never talked about this. And she comes up to him. He's a professor, and he, she gives him a locket and says, Come to me. Oh no, we never talked about this. And he this. finds out that she comes to, she's back in time, like the 1920s or 1930s. And he does research on this and finds out that this woman exists at, at another time. And he right. goes to his physics professor and uh, colleague and says, Is "There anyway, go back in time." So we'll try this and do this. He goes back in time, and he brings this locket with him, and he does meet her, and they do fall in love. And as a gift of his love for her, he gives her this locket. Well, he didn't love her that much. That was her locket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he didn't spend a dime on it. Yes, he didn't spend a dime. <laughs> Gave her her own locket. <laughs> but whose locket is it? Right. Because that, in that case, that's a gin particle where the locket was never created or destroyed. And it doesn't exist before it appeared, and it doesn't exist after. It only exists within that time It's locked in time between right. when she gave it to him and when he gave it to her. Interesting. An I love point. it. Yeah. So that you have to just watch out for that. Yeah. So now what do you
2: what do you ask him? What do you say to Newton? I say please What's- help.
3: <laughs> you just really ask him everything. Guy. Yeah. The problem is there's a lot I take we take for granted, not just I, but any of us living in the year twenty in the twenty first century, we just take for granted that we Understand energy, which was a poorly uh, uh, formulated concept in his day. How'd you get? So he wouldn't even know what you're talking about. How'd you get? I took a car. What's a car? It's a horse-drawn carriage without the horse. Well, how did it move? Through chemical energy. Well, what's chemical energy? And what's? Well, he'd be a fast study, but I have to invest a lot of time catching him up on things that we that we just live with.
2: I don't like this. I don't like this. Here's what I say. Because he's your
3: hero. Yeah. Right.
2: He's the guy that you love. Yeah. He's got a beautiful mind. Yeah. And after you talk to him for an hour, you're going to be like, listen, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: told you that already. <laughs> right.
2: Newton. Newton, you dumbass.
1: Right.
3: Yeah. Nah. I don't like this. I don't like it. Okay. That could upset my hero, the hero <laughs> worship. Right. <laughs> on, so that, that's what I would do. All right.
2: There be. you go. Here we All go. Right, what Let's else you let's go to Austin media Austin C media from Instagram says hello my name is Austin and I live in upstate New York I work in the aerospace industry and I build giant hyper rockets um, my question is based on rocket telemetry as the earth rotates to east as we launch rockets due east uh, and use the Earth's gravity to help it get into orbit does the amount of gravity assist come from just the overall mass of the Earth and its speed of rotation, or does the mass of our iron core help with the amount of speed of the rotation in relation to the amount of gravity we feel? So, Okay, it's got nothing to do with any of that. Okay, there you go. It ain't got nothing to do with any of that. All right.
3: Austin, we're going to treat you like Isaac Newton right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, that's a rocket scientist overthinking the problem. Right. Okay. okay. That's. A, is it possible to think too much. Just, just, rein that in a little bit. Okay? Right. Let that brick brain calm down. <laughs> just calm. Just, just, just take a cleansing breath. There okay. you go. So uh, clearly, he knows, and others might not know that it is our preference, our anyone who's launching rockets to launch east. Okay because Earth is rotating right. west to east. Right. So you get the... You get so, a little so assist. You get a little... It's not a gravity assist. No, it's not a gravity It's just it's getting a, getting a, a little push. Speed. It's a push. A little right, push. Speed assist. A tailwind. That's a tailwind. <laughs> get a little tailwind for the rocket. <laughs> so, and, and as such, if you want the maximum uh, extra boost... You want to do it where Earth is actually moving the fastest. Obviously, Earth is spinning as one solid object. Right. But at the equator, it does one full turn in the same time it does uh, closer to the pole, but it's got a bigger distance to travel. Right. It's therefore moving faster. You look at the equator, it's going about 1,000 miles an hour.
2: Nice. We're here
3: in New York City. We're moving about 800 miles an hour due east. So generally you want to launch as far south as possible. They have some mobile launch platforms that go pick up your rocket, go to the equator, and then launch it from the equator. It's kind of cool. Wow. Um, It's it's a business. It's a business model. So anyhow, if you do that, then you don't need the fuel necessary to have gapped that extra uh, speed boost that you got. So it's a matter of, save, if you save fuel, now I have more payload capacity for the thing you're paying me to put into orbit. So everything is better, okay, if you if you can take less fuel. And it's, it's not that much less fuel, but it's enough you can make incremental differences in your profit margins. That's all. And it's got nothing to do with the core. It's got nothing to do with how strong Earth's gravity is. Um, that extra speed is just... This whiplash there's the, ro- there's the rotation itself. That's, that's all it is. And the speed with which you have to attain so that you can maintain orbit, that depends on Earth's gravity. And for Earth, it's about five miles per second. If you go a little less than five miles per second, you, you'll go up and then crash back down. All right. So you want to go fast enough so that your eastern motion, it, it, you want to go so fast that as you fall back to Earth... Mm-hmm. Earth curves away from you. Right. So for every five five feet, let's say, you fall towards Earth, you move so far downstream that Earth's curved shape has curved five feet away from you. Right. So you're constantly falling towards Earth at a speed where Earth is exactly curving away from you. That is the orbital speed, and for Earth, it's 18,000 miles an hour. It comes out to about five miles per second. Wow, there you go. That's so cool. Yeah. There you have it.
2: Nice. Ah, uh, right. skate, skate philosophy. I've been in the house with my kids for a long time. That sounds really good, man. <laughs> Sending them or you? <laughs> <laughs> you can make it a game. Who wants yeah, to go into orbit today? It's <laughs> a dealer's choice as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right. Uh we are running out of time. So let's get to KOB from YouTube. How can we be running out of time? I'm talking too much. Damn. No, okay, that's go on. okay. It's okay. Uh, does light ever cease to move? Can a photon be in a state of momentumless relax, or does it continue to move indefinitely? Um, and so I guess he has to be talking about in the vacuum of space because we know that photons cease to move.
3: You know when they hit your eye. Right. Then they're not photons anymore. Right. They're they not be, photons. They become pockets of energy, electrochemical energy right. in your head. All right. So uh, photons. We can slow them down. Okay. Anytime you put them in a transparent, denser medium, they go slower. So they go slower going from vacuum to air. Right. It goes slower going from air to water. It goes slower going from water to glass. It goes slower going from glass to diamond. Right. Okay. Diamond uh, uh, light travels 40% of its peak speed in a vacuum. Wow. Okay, so now there have been some experiments where they created a medium where the light is really, really slow. Like you could practically watch it move from one point to the other. Right, so what you're doing is they're boosting what's called the index of refraction. The higher the index of refraction, the greater the light will bend as it crosses into that medium, and the slower it will move. Okay, that's why diamonds are so useful as rings, because you, you put facets in it, and the light goes in, it bends, it bends so severely that you can have, uh, you can trap light enough so that it comes out a completely different place from where the white light went in. So it gives the diamond uh, the appearance of having a certain radiance. Right. Right? If it only gave light in the direction you sent it in, then it's because it's I have the light. All right? But if light comes here and it goes out there and you see it from that direction, it gives you the impression of something highly radiant. So diamonds have value for that reason, uh, among others, but... Uh, for as jewelry, that value for that reason. So, all I'm saying is, uh, in principle, you can have the index of refraction so high that you can like watch the light sort of move. But I don't know that you can just stop it. I don't think so. That so no frozen light.
2: I don't think so. Damn, because that would be so cool,
3: frozen light. I don't. I don't so. mind. I don't mind the molasses light either. That, <laughs> That's kind of cool too. That's kind of cool too. In fact, there's a laboratory at Caltech that specializes in high-speed photography, and they have some camera that takes like a trillion frames per second. And then they put light through a medium that slowed it down, and then they you can take all these frames per second. You can actually watch the light move through the medium. It's amazing, right? Right. But I don't think you can stop it. That, that, in fact, let me put let me say it another way. I don't want to be around if you succeed because. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> right, time for one quick question. What,
2: what do you What do you got? Okay, here you go. This would be very quick. Daniel two twenty from YouTube says, "If aliens are real, what technology can we suggest that they have?" In other words, what What technology do you think they would have? Example, like a Dyson sphere. Uh, is there oh. anything that Is there anything that we First of all, if they can get to us. Thank you. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the
3: jigs up. <laughs> right.
2: I mean, I, if they can get here, because I mean, it's not like we can't see what's around us. We okay, know sorry. how
3: close stuff is, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I wield things in my back pocket that would have me burned at the stake 20 years ago for sorcery in our own. In our own civilization, okay. If you if you f- f- had the smartphone in like the nineteen nineties, right. is that oh wait a minute? Let me do these nineteen other things. People would look right. at you. What? What is what? that? Where who, is that? Who, I know. Who, what? What? And that's just us in our own technology in our own time. That's now, You funny. want an alien who got here from all another right. planet from another right. galaxy? galaxy. You want to say do they have a Dyson sphere? If all you come up with is stuff we've thought of that they might have, that's not creative enough, right? Okay, because Everything they do is going to be more interesting than anything we can that even we can ever think of because we're doing stuff today that's more interesting than we even invented right you look at the movie 2001 uh, back then computers were getting uh, more powerful right. so that the 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 but because that was 1968 imagining the year 2001 so computers were just coming around you see computers and they get big and powerful so in 2001, They'll be really big. Right. They'll be huge. They'll be huge. Right. And no one is imagining that you'd be carrying computers with you. Right. They're not carrying a computer, but they're trying to imagine the future. All I'm saying is we we can barely imagine our own future with the technology sitting in front of us, much less predict what kind of technology the aliens are going to have. But if I had to go there, I'd say, yeah, they got warp drives and they can do what the hell they want. There you go. That's it. Because that's, that's what funny. we want. They have warchez,
2: and we want that. Yeah, it's funny you say that. to a joke where I say, if you had an iPhone and you went back in time just three hundred years, they would have burned you at the stake for witchcraft, unless you were a man, in which case they would have worshipped you as a god. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> <right>. <laughs>
3: Or if you go back to slavery times, wait, black folks aren't supposed to be that smart, you know, <laughs> Kill that one. That's a bad example. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> are you, are you kidding to? me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, damn it. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah, we gotta we gotta go check. All right, okay. okay. All okay. right, that's another cosmic queries. These are fun. Thanks for yeah, these being a part are so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, wow. this is uh, Cosmic Queries, Star Talk, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Chuck Nice. We're all here for you. Serving your cosmic curiosities
1: keep looking up
0: when it comes to listing your home for sale everyone and their mom has advice
1: oh
3: honey who's gonna want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac it's literally
0: a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best.
1: Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here.
0: REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.
1: Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock
3: your true potential.